Welcome back. Tomorrow is, of course, Labor Day. Hope you're enjoying a nice, long, extended weekend. Uh, kind of an end to the summer. It's kind of sad to see the summer end. The weather's getting cooler. We're back to school and uh, back to work uh, soon, I think. But uh, in honor of Labor Day, as we celebrate the achievements of American workers, I thought we'd talk a little bit about some legal issues in the workplace. Uh, there have been a lot of them during COVID. Uh, there's always a lot of people asking questions about what their rights are in the workplace and uh, what better way to spend our pre-Labor Day uh, show with uh, a legal lesson about workplace law with one of the most dynamic and experienced employment lawyers in the city of Chicago. She represents, uh, only represents uh, executives, professionals, and employees uh, in difficult workplace issues. Uh, she's done it for 28 years as she gets fantastic results. And uh, I welcome Fern to the show. Hi, Fern. How are you? Hi, Karen. It's such an honor to be here, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, you, you know, you, a lot of employment lawyers will cover, you know, both employers and employees, and you, you are an employee based law firm. You, you represent employees' rights and you take their cases. Uh, these are difficult cases and they, a lot of them have to be tried. Some of them can be settled. Uh, but uh, I thought maybe we just talk a little bit about the basics, about what people's rights are in the workplace. Can, and we hear this phrase, and I've used it many times, employee at will. Can you explain to our listeners what that means? Yes, what it means is that employers can do practically anything to an employee except something that's illegal. And I have found that even directors of large corporations are not aware of this, and and, and attorneys who don't practice employment law don't know this. Um, but there's no law against unfairness. Employers don't have to treat employees fairness. Uh, they don't have to warn them before they fire them. They don't have to write them up before they fire them. There's no law against having a bully boss. Uh, employers are not required to follow their own policies and rules. Um, uh, there are exceptions to the employment at will doctrine, and I'll go through those. But uh, many employees think that because a company violates its own rules or policies that they have a claim. But it's just like a family rule of a company policy. If you have a child and you tell that uh, child that she has to be home at 6 o'clock at night for dinner and she comes home at 7, she has violated the family rule, but she hasn't violated the law. Uh, so what are the exceptions to the employment at will doctrine? Well, I'll give you um, most examples. Uh, you can't fire an employee for performing jury duty. Uh, you can't fire an employee for exercising statutory rights, such as filing a workers' comp claim. Uh, it's illegal to fire an employee for becoming a union member. Uh, it's illegal to fire an employee for reporting or refusing to participate in certain illegal or improper acts. That that particular claim is a very complex claim, and we may talk about that later. Uh, if you fire an employee uh, because they belong to what we call a protected category, such as race, sex, race, national origin, uh, religion, discrimination, if you're firing an employee because they belong to one of those protected categories, that's illegal. Um, and if you retaliate against an employee for complaining about discrimination, uh, protected illegal discrimination. That's illegal. Um, and um, some employees think because an employer, uh, a manager uses profane language in the workplace, that that's illegal. Well, it's not. 
Okay, so you know, I get this all the time, Fern, where people say, my boss swears, and he calls people this, that, and the other thing. I, I said, does he do it to just the women? Does he do it just to the, to the people over 40? No, he does it to everybody. Why isn't that hostile workplace? Uh, hostile? Why isn't that a hostile work environment? Can you explain to our listeners? Yes, because it's being done to everyone. Uh, and I also get that uh, frequently in my practice. Uh, if if a manager is using uh, profanity only with women, uh, then that can give rise to a hostile work environment on the basis of gender. But uh, just using swear words in the workplace, no, that does not give a claim. He's an equal opportunity jerk is what I say. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Okay, yes, so- and, and there are certain words that you know have a sexual connotation. I'm not allowed to say them on the air, I know, but... Right, we, we kind of know what they are, and that, uh, and that could lead to a gender kind of based discrimination yes. if they are gender related. Okay, so how about the issue? And I get this all the time. My employer fired fired me for mishandling something in the workplace, making a mistake. But I didn't make a mistake. I can prove I didn't make the mistake. Can I sue for wrongful termination? Right. Well, you know, this is a factual dispute, and we see this every day in our practice. Uh, did it happen or didn't it? But let's assume that it did happen, that the, the employee can absolutely prove that she did not mishandle a client matter. So then we look at, well, why did this happen? Uh, and what was, was there a motivation on the part of the employer? Was there a mistake? If it was a mistake, there's no claim, no claim whatsoever. Uh, if the employee lied about it, knew that it wasn't true, knew that the employee did not mishandle, but lied about it, we still have to look at, well, why was, why, what was the lie about? Was it that this uh, manager just didn't like this employee and so wanted to get rid of him? Well, that's probably not a claim. The exception would be if the employer is lying for an illegal reason. For example, to get rid of an older employee. They just got to get rid of this employee. She's been working here 26 years and we're tired of her. We want her out and we can't get rid of her because she's still doing a good job. So we have to make something up. Well, that would be illegal. Or maybe the employer is going to retaliate against an employee for uh, complaining about sexual harassment. So they make up a lie. That happens. So, but but if you but even if you're right, even if you didn't make a mistake, your employer, your unless it's, it's one of those discriminatory type things, even if your employer's wrong, the employer can still fire you. Hey, that's exactly right. If the employer is wrong, if it's a mistake, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't if, matter if the employee if the employer did not have an illegal motive here, then there's no claim. That's, that's what it boils down to. And here's another a group of questions I get. My boss treats me differently um, from my coworkers. I get to, I have to come into the office. My coworker gets to work from home. We do essentially the same job. Can I sue? Because this is discrimination. And I say, okay, are you both female? Yes, we're both females. Are you both under 40? Yes, we're both under 40. So there's no discrimination as, uh, for gender or for age. But he, the boss is just treating two people differently. Is there a lawsuit for that? No, there's not. Unless, um, I, let's back up, I would just say the employer may think that one employee needs to be monitored more closely. But unless uh, the employee who is treated less favorably belongs to a protected category that we talked about, 
And unless there's some evidence that this was because of that, uh, for example, if the employee had complained of sexual harassment and now the manager tells her, well, you have to come into work every day. Well, that would be an illegal motive. So we, we have to look at, at why. One and more, um, one more question. Oh, go ahead. You can't prove a reason. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Just fit, so you, you, the re, the underlying reason is 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 the the most important thing. But just treating people differently in the workplace is not necessarily a lawsuit. Happens all the time, all the time. And uh, there's there's a concept of what I call a favored favored employee uh, matter, where one person is the favorite of the manager that that is not a claim um and now if it's a paramour even that situation the employee doesn't have a claim because if she did if that would give everybody in the workplace a claim if one employee is getting favorable treatment because she's a favorite uh that's that doesn't mean everybody else in the workplace has a claim it means that it's unfair right there's no law against unfairness Let's take a break, and when we come back, uh, I want to talk about social media and what an employer's rights are when it comes to employees posting things on social media. And then I want to talk a little bit about what happens, what is your advice, Fern, uh, about what to do when you are about to be fired or when you you are being discriminated against. We're talking to Fern Trevino, uh, who is a lawyer in Chicago who handles employee matters for employees. And we'll be back in a minute. If you have a question for Fern, give us a call. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We're talking employment law here with Fern Trevino. Uh, Fern has a law firm in Chicago. Fern, can you uh, can you give out your uh, phone number? Uh, for anybody who might have uh, a legal issue, a wrongful termination uh, due to discrimination or the like. Sure, thank you. Three one two six three zero four four nine one. Um. Let's talk about social media. I, I see this a lot where an employee posts things on social media that might be a little racy or opinionated or, or what have you, and, and, and then the employer fires the person for it or doesn't hire someone because you do a little search on Facebook and you see some pictures and you say, that doesn't really sit right with me. Is that something that an employer can do? Uh, they certainly can. We're back to that employment at will doctrine. Um, and many employees think that there's a First Amendment right of free speech, and um, that's a mistake. Unless you work in the public sector, you do not have a right of free speech in the workplace. Um, employers can terminate you for your um, online activities. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's really surprising to me. And even I have hired uh, employees or gone through the hiring process. And I, I do. I Google them and I look and see what's on their Facebook pages. And it's amazing to me what people put there, knowing that the whole world can see that. And people are going to judge you based upon your drunken <laughs> vacation pictures. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I even say to potential uh, candidates, you know, hey, listen, you got to change that. If you want a job as a lawyer, you don't, you shouldn't be posting that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not always well received. But uh, I, I say I say beware to everyone out there. Google your name and see what comes up and see what an employer is going to see. Yes, yeah, so true. So true. It's, it's shocking what people put out there. The only exception to that, of course, is if um, employees are putting up information about union activities. Right. Uh, they do have a right to 
uh, post information about union activities and uh, engage in concerted activities under the National Labor Relations Act. That's and yeah, it's a very outside of that. Yeah, very limited uh, uh, sliver there, right? Uh, let's go to Barbara. Barbara has a question about physical disability in the workplace. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to WGN. You're here with uh, Fern Trevino. Hi. Thank you very much. Um, my question is this: If an employee has been, um, we'll say, a long-term employee and not had any problems, been doing their job, and they have a disability, whether it be uh, mobility or um, eyes, uh, eyesight, or hearing but it does not interfere with their job, uh, do they have any recourse if they feel that they've been let go um, be, uh, because of that? But, of course, that wasn't the reason stated. Now, this isn't something that happened. It's just hypothetical that I was wondering how that would work out if there was any recourse. Yes. Well, we look at um, if you believe you were terminated because of your disability, um, we'd look at what reason the employer gave. Uh, for terminating you. And to prove discrimination, uh, you you have to prove that you belong to a protected category. And of course you do because you're disabled. You have to prove that you are meeting expectations. Now that doesn't mean you have to be a superstar. You just have to prove that you're meeting expectations. Um, Did you get performance reviews? Actually, it's not something that happened. I'm just kind of thinking in the future if it ever happens. Oh, I see. Um, I see. But let's say okay. where I work, there were no, there there wouldn't be uh, any performance reviews. They never do that. Okay. So um, if you know, we can look at other things. If you haven't, if you don't have any write ups, if you if you're a long term employee, I would say right there, that's that's uh, good evidence. If you don't have any write-ups in your personnel file, if you or if you've been told alternatively, if you've been told that everything's going well, your work is fine, if you've gotten a pay raise, uh, these are all indicia of your performance. And um, so, meeting expectations is usually not too difficult unless you have a history of performance issues, uh, needs improvements, uh, and you said it's your workplace; they don't even do reviews. No. So, um, but you, you, and then you have to prove that you were, uh, in order to prove discrimination, you have to prove that you suffered an adverse action. And that means that you were either terminated, you were demoted, you had a cut in pay, or you had a substantial change in terms of condition. For example, uh, you were a manager and you were taken out of that managerial role and you no longer are allowed to manage employees. That would be a substantial change. And then after that, uh, if you're terminated, the employer doesn't have to prove anything at all. If you're in court, the only thing they have to show that they have to tell the court why they terminated you. And then the burden shifts to you to prove that 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 reason given is either false or it's not credible. That sounds very complicated. Is this just something I missed part of the interview? Is this something that's just in Illinois or some states are different? Uh, Well, under federal law, it, it, there are federal laws that pertain to disability discrimination, and there are state laws, but they're they're very similar in Illinois, and I would imagine in most states, thank, similar to the federal law. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um, thank you. Would you give that phone number out again when we get off? Sure, <laughs> sure. Go go ahead, Fern. Go, why don't you give out okay. your phone number and your and why don't you give out your whole contact information and your spelling of your name while we're here? Oh, oh, thank you. It's three one two. Six three zero four four nine one, and then my name is Fern F E R N, and the last name is Trevino T is in Tom R E 
B is in Victor, I-N-O. And if you just Google Fern and Chicago attorney, my website comes up because Fern is an unusual name, and I've been doing this for a long time. Um, and on my website, there's an encrypted form that um, you can contact me through my website or you can call. And if I um, don't answer, I will return your call. Fern, can you stay with us for another 15 minutes? Sure. Okay, great. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting some calls, and I would like to get to some of them, and I, we still haven't got uh, gotten to some of the uh, uh, part of the interview that I really want to talk about, which is, uh, you know, if you think you're going to be fired, if you think something's wrong in the workplace, what are the actions that you should take as an employee to protect yourself? Not that you're necessarily going to sue, but maybe you can stop the termination from happening. And I, I do want to talk to you about how you select cases and how you try these cases and what kind of damages are available to employees have, who have been wrongfully treated. Let me give out the phone number here in case you have a question for Fern on the other side of the news. 312-981-7200. We're going to take a quick recess and we'll be back after the news. We're talking about workplace legal issues with Fern Trevino. Fern uh, handles matters for executives, uh, professionals, and employees in very difficult workplace situations here in Chicago. Thanks for holding with us. If anyone has a question, call us here, 312-981-7200. Fern, let's talk a little bit about uh, how do you prove discrimination. Let's just say that we have a 65-year-old woman. I hear this a lot where maybe they're in the workplace for a long period of time doing their job. They're getting decent write-ups. But all of a sudden, people are being fired who are in their 60s, and they're saying, well, your tech skills aren't very good. And we're, you know, and then all of a sudden, they see the influx of young people, 30-year-olds, who are being hired. What facts do you need to prove a case for discrimination under those situations? Well, um we need to look at, uh, if we assume, first of all, that the employee is in the age-protected category, which is age 40 and above. But nowadays, you know, 40 is considered pretty young. But if, if we're talking about a 65-year-old woman, we need to first look at, uh, is she meeting expectations? And if she's worked there for a long time, my presumption is she's a good performer. People don't let people, employees hang around for many years if they're poor performers. Um and then uh, if the employee is terminated, then we look at what reason the employer gives. If the employer says, well, we're terminating you because, uh, you know, we want to get some younger people in here, their their skills, tech skills are better, well, that's, that's almost, a, or maybe it is, a smoking gun statement um, saying a general assumption that because you're older, your tech skills are not as good as, as the younger employees. So if... if uh, these older employees are being replaced by much younger employees. Uh, that's, that's a very interesting fact. Um, I think the courts like to see like a 10-year difference when we're looking at age claims. In other words, if, if I'm 50 years old and I'm, which I'm not, I will admit, <laughs> but if, assuming I'm 50 and I'm replaced by someone who's 43, you know, that's not such a huge age difference. So that's, that could be uh, not a good fact. But if there's a 10-year difference or more, then um, that's, that is an interesting fact. And I think if, if there are several employees, uh, older employees, and they're being replaced by younger employees, that's an interesting fact. Um, so we look at, again, what reason does the employer give for the termination? And then how can we prove that that's not a credible reason or not a true reason? It's false. 
or it's not credible. We look at that. But the, the employee has the burden of proving that the real reason was age discrimination. And it seems to me that, you know, that's what we call circumstantial evidence, because you rarely, if ever, in your history of being a lawyer, do you have an employer who says, I am firing you because you're 65 and you're too old for this job. I mean, most people don't say those things or because you're a woman or because you're Muslim or because you're gay or whatever. So these are all issues like you were saying that are circumstantial in nature that that just don't add up like a pretextual firing i'm firing firing you for being late i was never late you know and and you see the numbers of people who are leaving the workplace being fired because they're older you know so i mean it's it's not it's never a smoking gun although you're right the uh the the words about being having poor tech skills might be a little bit of a smoking gun Yes, and sometimes there is some, or there are some uh, statements that that are pretty helpful, and so I encourage employees to think about that whether whether there were any statements about their age or when are you going to retire. Of course, that statement alone, when are you going to retire? That's that's not going to make your day in court without more. Uh, that that question alone probably would not do it. You'd have to have more than that. So, so um, yeah, it, and, I, and even even I was just going to say, even if an employee has really good facts, uh, we that's not the end of the story. You know, lawyers look at these cases sort of on two tracks. The first question is, was the employee's rights violated? Uh, if they weren't, end of story. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't things employees can do if they think they're on the bubble, if they think they're going to be terminated. Maybe there are some things that employees can do to try to to get, uh, if they're, especially if they're offered severance, they can try to uh, get a better package. But if you're thinking about, is this case going to go to court, were the rights violated? But even if uh, they were, what are the damages? Because if an employee goes out and gets another job uh, a few weeks later, then the, the lost uh, pay and, and benefits damages those are that minimal, and to go to court based on very small dollar value damages, uh, that's that's really not a good idea. And you know, I, I I'm sure you do too. I'm sure you advise people every day to say, yeah, listen, you you got a job right away. Your damages are limited. Your best thing to do is to make sure your personnel file is good, so that if you leave a job again, that you know, reference is called, that you've got a clean reference, and and move on with your life. And people think that you know, not everybody, but some people think that every wrong that happens to you necessitates a lawsuit and is in their best interest. But sometimes it's best for people to just clean up the situation and move on, become gainfully employed again, and 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 and, and like I said, move on with something better. Is, is that advice that you give I quite a bit? Totally agree. Uh, it's, you know, these lawsuits are, first of all, it's a public record. So if you file a complaint in federal or state court, any prospective employer can find that and, and decide, well, let's don't hire her or him because uh, she's litigious. Um, and, of course, there may be an arbitration agreement in place instead of court, and that usually isn't a public record. But even then, we know that conversations occur on the golf course and at dinner tables, and that information can get out that you uh, accuse the employer. And I'm not saying that everybody should just fold their hands and, and leave. Uh, 
no, if you think you have facts to support a claim, you should really uh, look into that. Um, and sometimes people come and they say, well, I'm going to, I want to quit or they quit even before they come to see me. And I say, unless you're ready to jump out the window because you are so unhappy, do not quit your job until you've consulted with a lawyer because it's, it's a total gift to your employer. First of all, you're not going to get any unemployment compensation if you quit. Now, if you're called in and told, uh, we're going to terminate you unless you resign, that is not a voluntary termination. Employees are entitled to unemployment compensation unless they voluntarily quit, underlying voluntary, or they engage in misconduct. But if you're told, we're going to fire you unless you resign, that's a forced termination, and you still get the unemployment compensation unless you're being fired for a conduct issue or for misconduct. Fern Trevino, don't quit. Yeah, don't quit. <laughs> Make them fire you, and in the meantime, get your resume together and get a job out there, hopefully, right? Um, Fern Trevino, thank you so much for joining us on this Labor Day weekend. Uh, why don't you give out your contact information one more time? Oh, thank you. It's Fern Trevino, 312-630-4491. And you can check me out on the web. If you just Google Fern Trevino, Chicago attorney, my website will come up. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thanks for uh, joining us. It was such a pleasure, Karen. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care.